Welcome to episode seven of Cake Watch. Um, episode seven. How episode time flies. Seven. How time flies. We weren't here last week. Um, I feel I should apologise to the listeners, but I'm not apologising. It's our it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to. <laughs> but we will explain, which is that um, yeah, we, uh, we were just uh, both super busy last week, so we didn't find a slot to record. Um, and Easter means that we're going to probably move a little bit away from the weekly rhythm that we've been able yeah. to maintain so far. We will try and do this on a weekly basis when we can, but we do not promise we don't to guarantee that it every week. And also last week we were about to fall into the Romaniacs trap yeah. of recording just before the summit, um, which would have been pointless. Yeah, or, or recording immediately after it, like a news program, which we're not. So yeah. we thought it'd be good to have some time to reflect and 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 to to see the fallout of uh, of, of last week's pretty busy busy week in Brussels. Though, if if that if that works for you, Steve, then I'm happy to go with that. I I, I thought that was a very good <laughs> expose justification, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, it's lovely to be back in your podcast dungeon. After the last few episodes, which we've recorded remotely, um, and uh, you treated me to a delicious pizza, so I'm not hangry. So I don't know what that's going to mean for the swearing on the podcast. It's going to be weird not being not being hangry while while recording the podcast. This is a, a new new experience. Being complete and well fed. Well, I mean, the guilt from eating pizza may compensate for the <laughs> anger. Of not eating pizza, so <laughs> well. This week, um, Steve, we thought we would talk about, um, yeah, the, the the summit and the outcome and the um, withdrawal agreement um, that we were presented by Michel Barnier with all sorts of interesting colour coding and the transition, um, the transition arrangement yeah. that that we're now. Did you see the wall behind him? Yes. The, the wallpaper of the of the video wall became yeah. the entire withdrawal agreement with the green and yellow highlighting. Yeah, yeah no, that's now my desktop wallpaper. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I bet it is. No, it's not. I bet it is as well. <laughs> it's such a Euro geek. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but um, so transition. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a lot of the exposition to you because you've been paying more attention than I have. <laughs> but the transition, the, the transition thing. I mean, the transition thing seemed to be rather divisive amongst some on the Remain side, and um, you got many people saying, "Oh, well, you know, f- thank God, you know, we've got a transition. That isn't that great. I mean, it means we're not going to go off a cliff edge. It means that things are going to." you know, carry on. And some people were saying, yeah, and, and there's always, you know, there's always room for us to get out of, there, out of this. We've got an extra two years breathing space and so on. No. That, that's not how... No. I, so there's a whole bunch no. of stuff. There. Firstly, no. I no. Mean, tra- transition. So transition only happens when we leave. Yes. Right? So this is a, this is another nail in the coffin. So I'm not, I'm not celebrating this at all. No, no. I mean, my view is that it's... Uh, well, I think there's no good way of doing Brexit... But to be even halfway reasonable with the lack of preparation and the two years allowed by Article 50, um, I think something like this is, uh, is, is necessary. I'm not happy about it. It's not a victory. No, because you uh, have to have a transition because there's no way that we're going to be ready um, on Brexit Day. So you need a transitional arrangement. Um, but it's nothing to celebrate. Because, no, I mean, very much not. Um, and let's also remember that you only get this transition agreement if and when the withdrawal agreement is concluded, signed, sealed, delivered, ratified, in place. As Richard Barnier said again, nothing's yeah. agreed until, yeah. until everything's agreed. Yeah. And what he's talking about the withdrawal agreement. He's not talking about the... Po- a lot of people hear him say that and they think, oh, yeah, you see, now we can negotiate the trade agreement and then withdrawal agreement at the same time. That's Wrong. not what he means. He means the withdrawal agreement 
needs to be done as a package. Otherwise, no transitional arrangement. So there are only three ways in which we don't get a transitional mm. arrangement. One is if we withdraw Article 50 and don't Brexit. Ideal. One is if we extend Article 50, which we've been told now by Jean-Claude Puris is not possible legally. We'll come to that. Yeah. But yeah. And the third is by going off a cliff edge yeah. and landing in the ship. They're basically just not being in agreement. Yeah. No agreement yeah. made. Otherwise, it'll be this transitional uh, agreement and we'll have left. And I, I don't think we can emphasise <laughs> enough that this is not breathing space. You know, I mean, what this agreement is, uh, should it be agreed? I mean, it's not agreed yet. No, <laughs> it's very much draft. Um, is that the UK would leave the European Union on, the, the, on Brexit on 29th of March uh, 20, 2019. And actually, would, it would put it... One year and two days from now. One year and two days from now. And actually, what we'd what we'd be in the situation of is that we we'd be we'd need to negotiate an agreement for the future relationship, including trade, not exclusively trade, from the position whereby we had two years, the transition period was ending, a new cliff edge was approaching, mm. <coughs> and we wouldn't have the right to change our mind at that point. Yeah. Uh, we'd have to reapply. And people have, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, but it would be, you know, it would be in the EU interest just to allow us back in and we wouldn't have diverged and so on and so forth. It's not when how you're it works. Out, it's not how it works. When you're out, when you, when you cease to be a member of the EU, you cease to be a member of the, of, of the EU. Um, and the, the appetite at that point for a re-entry, I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. I mean, neither of us, we, we both think that a, a decade is optimistic. Absolutely. And when, and when finally the other side relent and allow us to apply the negotiation process for rejoining. If you think that this yeah. one's been tough, yeah. oh, my God. And, you know, forget about your opt-outs, forget about your rebates. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking, I mean, you know, hard remain. <laughs> the hard remain the, of, of my dreams is going to be the hard rejoin. But I even, <laughs> I even, said, I even said to somebody, you know, well, we probably wouldn't join, probably wouldn't join Schengen because there's little appetite from Ireland. You go, and they were Irish, and they said, "Oh no, we joined Schengen." I mean, the, the only, only reason, reason the only reason we didn't join Schengen is exactly. because of you guys. Like, yeah. We totally joined Schengen at the moment. Schengen. And fact, that would probably be their condition. They'd be like, "Right, all right, you want to rejoin? Fine, you, we're in Schengen, so you better, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely." So that's that's yeah. So um, yeah, um, I'm not celebrating uh, the uh, transitional um, deal. We should talk can, a bit you about can call it. it that. We should talk a bit about extensions as well, because yeah, Jesse Pierce wrote in Prospect today, I think, that uh, <coughs> that a transition would be uh, would be impossible. But he didn't say it was legally impossible. I saw in a couple of places, didn't he? Jesse Pierce uh, wrote an article which was published, I think, today in in Prospect, which was which was very good. And he didn't say that it was impossible legally to extend. He said it was interesting what he said. He said it would be weird uh, if. There was an, there was an, it would be weird if there was an EP election and there was no legal way to get out of having a, a European Parliament election. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that weird is a, good enough, is a good enough argument there. I agree it would be weird. But I think, if, as I've said before, I think if it was for, for some democratic process, I don't think, think E27 would force the UK out while its Parliament was still in the process of ratification, of withdrawal agreement or while uh, they were putting legislation through for a referendum or, or something like that. I think the chance of an extension because the UK fucked up and hasn't got the deal at once and wants to renegotiate it is zero. There's no chance of negotiation. That's what Keir Starmer was essentially talking about today, uh, saying that you know the, the consequences of rejecting the withdrawal agreement by Parliament would need to be that the UK, the UK government went back and renegotiated. And I think, there's, I, I think that's absolute pie in the sky. I think there's, there's, there'd be... Zero appetite for E twenty seven to reopen an agreement yeah. at that point. I mean, I think it would be oh, yeah, it would be a, it would be a take it or leave it yeah. leave it option. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think there are, I think there are ch- I think there are chances of extensions, but it is but it is difficult. What I what I think is very difficult is an extension of the transition period. So the transition period for anybody who doesn't know um, is essentially a st- an, a, an entire standstill mm. of uh, the current situation. But without the UK having any representation in decision-making mm. procedures, and there's a consultation mechanism, I think, being put into 
place for new legislation. Mm. But it's pretty light. It seems to be pretty light touch. There's certainly no, yeah, there's certainly no veto, and there was never going to be a, mm. a, a veto. Mm. And and yes, and very importantly, like the EA, unlike the EA, uh, there's no chance for the UK to simply not impl- refuse to implement something and and take the consequences, of, mm. take sanctions as a result of doing that. Which is essentially what what can be done in the mm. what can be done in the EA. You you maintain a veto on you implementing it, mm. and the UK doesn't wouldn't return that at all. Mm. Um, so I mean, it is ultimately, uh, uh, you know, the current situation, but without rep- without any representation whatsoever. Mm. <coughs> Hence the people calling it a vassal state. state. Well, but it's the, but it's the tw- I think vassal state's a little bit unfair because it's for twenty months. Well, listen, um, and it's going somewhere, and it ha- and it's time bound. If it was a permanent arrangement or a twenty year arrangement, then I think the vassal state thing would be would be fair. Well, but nonetheless, it's not. It's it's not ideal. It's not what we. It's not no, what we were promised. Certainly not what we were promised. Well, look. look I mean, uh, yeah. It, it, people are saying it's only for two years. It's only for twenty-one months. It's um, look. I mean, I. We're going to talk about this at greater length next week. I hope uh, we're going to talk a lot about democracy and democratic deficit and democratic account- accountability. This was always for me, the big issue. Yeah. I'm. This has always been my um, key and driving interest in the EU and my frustration with um, levers and, and, and anti-EU types in the UK has always been really the democracy point. They're, they're always talking about the EU being anti-democratic and non-democratic and it's not. It's very democratic and that's what annoys me. Mm. A lot of people are like, yeah, but so what? It doesn't matter. I, that's not me. <laughs> you know, so vassal state is a is is a charge that is uh, I I I consider to be an important charge and a significant one. It's why I was always very opposed to a soft remain uh, a soft leave. Uh, I, to me, soft soft Brexit is as bad as a as a hard Brexit in, in politically at least. Mm, yeah. Um, and um, so um, the uh, the EEA solution, um, I would also label that vassal state i mean you know yes it's a it's little harsh bit on like, the it's hyper well but the norwegians themselves say this the norwegians themselves warned us during the referendum campaign True. you do not want to be in our shoes yeah. don't talk about the norway solution as a solution because it's not a solution the norwegian government and and most 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 norwegian parties across the political spectrum have always um campaigned for um eu membership they don't like the situation that they're in because um, th- there is a democratic deficit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems to be something that the Norwegian people have voted now, I think it's a couple of times, haven't they, to say, well, OK, well, we'll live with that. But, but, I there's, like even, but, but there's even less of a democratic deficit for the EEA states than, those for, than there would be under transition. I mean, transitions... Uh, um, if you take... If you ignore the fact that it's 21 months, I mean, transition is a much worse position to yes, be in than the, than, it is. Than, than the EA. I mean. It is. But it's, it is, but it's time limited. So, um, so you know, you might argue that that's acceptable because you know that it's going to come to an end. Whereas I would say no, because even when you come to the end of that, um, the reality is that under any Brexit scenario the UK is going to be in a position where it's going to be a rule taker, not a rule maker. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's no scenario that there's doesn't mean no, that. No. Yeah. Whether you have some kind of institutional dressing up of that or not, the fact the fact of the matter is going to be we're going to be taking rules that are set in Brussels and we will no longer be in Brussels setting those rules. We'll yeah, be absolutely. one of the third countries here lobbying Brussels um, and we are not going to be as effective as that um, getting up off the ground, as many others who have been doing it already for a long time and are quite good at it. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I'm. I think I, transition sucks from every possible perspective. I don't like it. And actually, I mean, uh, uh, an important thing. I mean, we, it was sold that the UK government has sold that it got some that it got some wins in it. You know, uh-huh. it, it got a um, it got a consultation mechanism, which is a bit more serious sounding than the the original mm. one, but. But for, the, for those of us who work in Brussels, we know what consultation means. Consultation mm. means that there's a meeting about it and the chairman says that they take good note of the, the concerns and then they do what they were going to do anyway. As, as uh, has been said many times, including by me, uh, though I certainly didn't come up with it, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, David Davis said it would be two years and then it's not. It's 21 months, which is what 
the commission wanted. And then David Davis said, oh, yeah, but I mean, it's close to, I mean, you know, it's close to 20 months. So we, so we compromised. We compromised on that. Um, and they wanted carve-outs for certain sectors. And they, and they, uh, they said very clearly that there would be carve-outs for fisheries that uh, would be out of the common fishery uh, policy on Brexit Day. And as usual, we predicted that this was never going to happen because there was no cherry-picking or, in the case of fisheries, winkle-picking. Um, I've tried that joke three times now and yeah, I've never got to laugh. I'm going to give it up, actually. It That's flounders. <laughs> oh, dear. There's no need to get in a flap about it. Oh, no, I'm going to have to cut that out. That's terrible dad dad jokes, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> do, do not cut it out. <laughs> that's getting that's getting cut out. I tried it on Sky. I tried it on Sky News. Huh? I tried I tried winkle picking the winkle picking gag on on Sky News, yeah. and Adam Bolton did not even a flicker of no? a smile. Did you try it on Sky? I tried it. Yeah, I tried it. I tried it. I tried it on Sky, and 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 yeah, nobody again. Nobody laughed. So I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm people, going to stop using it. People are carping. <laughs> Oh, it's not cake, it's fish pie this week. <laughs> but yeah, but, but again, I mean, we saw the, 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 the just, and they, you notice as well, they just entirely get away with it now. In the, the There's no attempt to manage expectations. Mm-hmm. It's just absolute bravado and un, total untruths and false promises. And then when it comes, there's a day of, a day of people getting angry about mm-hmm. it, and then everybody forgets about it because it's, it's the new normal. Yeah, it's, beca- it's become it's become absolutely norm- normalized. Well, so, so the UK got really mm. effectively nothing out of it. It was exactly yeah. what the transition period. Exactly, exactly what we what, said it would happen. Um, precisely what we said it would be. It's stopping at the end of the current financial uh, multi-annual financial framework, which is what the EU wanted. Yeah. The okay. question is then whether this can be extended because, I mean, it's just a new cliff edge. It's kicking the yeah. For the, the where we what happened last week kicked two cans down the down the road. Firstly, it kicked the can of the future relationship down the road, but only by two years. We're still facing a cliff edge well, two, two, year, two, years after, two years after leaving. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we don't have an option to, we don't have an option to remain, which before the, before the 29th of, of, of March 2019, we do. But we don't have it after that, even though we're in transition. And the other thing that was kicked down, the can that was kicked down the road, was, was the, the problem of Ireland, the Irish border again. Yeah. But I mean, it haven't really. I mean, yes, that the, they've been kicked down the road, but it's not. It, it's worse than that. Um, to be um, to, to to stay on the fish metaphor, we've been filleted like a kipper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there Seriously. are a few kippers about. I quite like to fill it. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's worse than that because. So what the what what the EU negotiators have done is is quite expertly. Um, Split the negotiation in a way that then delivers EU negotiating objectives down the road. In other words, they have not allowed the UK to do what it tried to do and said it was going to try to do, which is to create linkage between the withdrawal agreement and the future arrangement. Yeah, I mean, they've kept a very clear division there. They always said, well, we're not going to let you do that. Well, now they've made it absolutely impossible. You know, there was a scenario potentially where the UK, if it really did have the leverage that it thought it had, it might have said, oh, no, 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 we're going to, you know, we need to link these things. And, you know, politics is politics, and they might have managed to do it. Yeah. Well, they can't do it anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, even if it was ever a possibility, it's no longer a possibility. So, um, yeah, the, the, the can has been kicked down the road, but what that means is that when we come to finalise a future re- agreement, when we come to settle the Northern Ireland Point and so on. The UK is not going to be a member anymore. Well, I think not on Northern Ireland. I think the point the point on Northern Ireland. What I hear is that this has that Northern Ireland basically has to be solved by the joint. Yeah, no, 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 correct. Sorry, sorry. So the Northern cor- Ireland has to be joined. Yes, joined by, uh, that has to be done, done by the June by the, the June, June Council. Yeah, and what it's not really kicking it down the road. What what I think it's doing is it's it's giving the UK time to come to terms with the fact that it's going to have to capitulate on this. And May have already said that they'll, they'll agree to the backstop, they just won't agree to it in the form that it's in. Um, and I think there's a proposal that's either come or is, is coming, which um, has a hybrid customs union or a hybrid customs agreement, and then picks out the areas in goods and services where 
which are relevant to the uh, to the what they're calling the All Island with an S, the All Island economy. Uh, well, I'd like to see the bits of the single market that aren't relevant to the to the All Island economy, and I'd like to see how you how you have a frictionless border with a partial customs union. You can't have a partial you can't have a partial customs union. We know that because we have partial customs unions in Turkey. Yeah. And the, in fact, people like Ali Renson, who've promoted the idea of a partial customs union, admit that it doesn't it doesn't no. lead to a frictionless border. Of course not. No. So what the UK government's going for now is minimising friction, and this is not the this is not what was agreed. What was agreed was no infrastructure. It's going to have to ultimately. It's all we're all just waiting for the day when they finally turn around and say, "All right, yeah, yeah." And then it's up to what the UK does have a choice about is it has a choice about whether it puts the border in the. Uh, Irish Sea, or whether um, the whole, whether it applies to the whole of the the UK, and that's mm. entirely it's entirely within the UK's gift. Mm. It can it can do either. Mm. It's entirely up to it. I think mm. there's 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 big problems with with either. Yes, but it's it's ultimately not the EU is not trying to force the UK to take on the customs union for all of it, and it's the the EU is not trying to force the UK to put a border in the a customs border in the Irish Sea. Um, the position that positions that the UK have taken. Have led to the point where the only solutions involve one involve one of those things. Yeah. Well, the UK has comprehensively snookered itself, but then it always was playing <laughs> snooker while it thought it was playing poker. And <laughs> yeah, setting <laughs> up to a backgammon match with a pool cue. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be a way of leveraging fish in there somewhere. But it has to be. Yeah. So, so that's been kicked down the road, but it, it really hasn't been kicked down the road very far, and. I mean, particularly on Ireland. I mean, I think the the Irish the Irish issue is um, a microcosm of the whole thing. In the there's been a lot of talk about you know when Ireland where where does Ireland have the biggest leverage? Does Ireland le- lose leverage by leaving it longer and so on? And actually, it's all essentially irrelevant. Yeah. E twenty the the rest of the EU twenty seven are not going to break ranks with Ireland. They're not going to throw them under a bus. It would be too bad a signal to yeah. other to other small member states. They're in too deep with it. Yeah. And yeah, they want to keep the they want to keep the negotiations moving why would they? moving moving forward. Mm. But ultimately, there's going to have to be an answer. And the they allowed the UK to call to to use a bluff, mm. which everybody knew was a bluff. Mm. That either there was some future relationship, which would have to be the single market and the customs union, which they've mm. ruled out. So there's nothing in the future relationship that can be done. The, there's no technological solution. This much mooted paper for the European Parliament. Uh, it was done. We can put it. We can, we can find that and put it up on the, the website. Mm. Um, on uh, it was border two point zero. You know mm. the, the the ultimate frictionless borders still has in, still has border infrastructure. Still mm. requires some checks. Now it's quicker and it's it's more efficient and it's more effective, um, and that's good. But uh, it doesn't solve the the issue mm. of there being border infrastructure. And border infrastructure, if it's put up at that border, will be taken out the next day by uh, people on on either side. Yeah, it's just not going to be. It's not going to be accepted. And it's not going to happen. Um, and I think. I think what a lot of people don't realise is that it's not a. It's not a decision. I mean, people are still using this. Brexiters mm. are still using this line that it's it's up to the EU mm. if it wants to put a border up there, and the UK could just not police it. Mm. Um, and we saw was it Phil Phil Hammond said that they just won't. They won't do checks at Dover. Mm. Well, if you're not going to do any customs checks, you're not going to have any trade agreements because mm. the trade agreements rely upon you doing customs checks. WTO rules rely upon you doing customs checks. The EU's, EU's own laws rely upon that, and the EU's trade agreements with third countries rely on them doing that. Do so this is not something that, of course not. This is not. A, this is not a. Uh, this is not a choice. It's no. not a. Poli- it's not a policy choice. It's a. It's no. a. It's a fact. Of yeah, reality. yeah. There's 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 some serious um, denial going on, even even among the the soft. Um, the soft levers, the soft Brexiteers. It's um, it is. We just live in such weird times, you know. You can't just wave your hands and say a solution will be found and it'll be all right in the end. I mean, we're, we're we at the point to, where you yeah. have to find a, where you have to find a solution, and actually, we know what the list of possible solutions are. So the UK is again at liberty to choose the solution it wants. Now, it might consider that Hobson's choice, but ultimately, it's a, it's a decision. Mm. We go right back to we go right right back to Barney's staircase. The EU could have, the EU could have decided on its favoured relationship, and taken that as its opening position. It didn't. It 
took yeah. it as its opening position that there's a menu and it's up it to the UK. It has always been the, the position of the EU side that it's up to the UK to give an idea of what it wants. So the EU's really, EU27 really aren't forcing the UK to do anything. Oh, it's really... What, they do, what they're not doing is, is not, giving, not giving the UK what it wants when it's internally contradictory and, and, yeah. and ruins its own established uh, legal order. The EU has negotiating um, parameters with red lines um, and they're, they, they, they're on the table and have been from, pretty much from the start and everybody knows what they are. But the red lines, but, are, the red lines are for each solution. It's still up to the UK to choose, yes, the, exactly. to choose the solution. That none of that... Is, is forcing the UK down any particular path or taking power away from the UK to decide its own destiny. So you get this bizarre um, scenario where the UK is leaving the EU because uh, certain people say, we want to take back control. Control that they always had, and they have. Yeah. And then they're saying, oh, oh, the EU's oppressing us, <laughs> the EU's forcing us down this path. I'm being oppressed. The EU... E- <laughs> What are we? What are we going to do? It's not up to us. It's, and it is up to you. It's entirely Just, up to you. And all you have things. the control to use it. And actually, and actually, so throw a was, fucking pair. So this was actually a big. I mean, this was, people don't realize this is actually a huge concession from the beginning. It's not what normally happens in negotiation. Mm. And someone put it. I don't know if you. It might have even been you that if you imagine, you know, uh, a fifty centimeter ruler. You know, in a negotiation, normally each side starts at either end, mm. and then and then they gradually they gradually come together and they meet in the middle, and that's mm. when the agreement's made. I think what actually happened with this, partly because the the UK wouldn't refuse to have a policy, still doesn't have a fully thought out policy, um, is that the UK went all the EU twenty seven went almost halfway, mm. and then have been waiting for the UK mm. to get there. Yeah, but the concessions have already been made. The concession yeah. that the the UK decides mm. is an absolutely absolutely gigantic one. I mean, you do, you don't go into a you don't normally go into a uh, a negotiation with one side saying, "Well, you've got these seven, six or seven different choices, each one with parameters, each yeah. one with cost and benefits, and it's yeah. entirely up to you which one you do, whichever one you do, where we'll yeah. we'll we'll go along with." I mean, that, yeah, that's not normal. It's not normal at all. But of course, we are in an extremely abnormal and unusual con- uh, context. Where the, the circumstances are so unusual. Um, I think on the EU side, it was very clear that you know this is a this was a shock. The UK voted to leave. Well. <laughs> This is this is not a moment for us to start laying down the law and saying you know well this is what we want you know you you, you voted to, you broke it you bought it you know yeah, yeah. now now deal with it you, you break it you fix it yeah yeah so and 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 that's been the story ever since and of course as we've discussed before increasingly you know the realization has dawned that you know they're not going to they're not going to fix this they're not going to sort this we're going to have to sort this for them. But we need, and know. they'll have to, and they'll have to fall into line, yeah. and it, it becomes a series of take it or leave it options. Yeah. But it wasn't a series of take it or leave it no. options. It didn't, no. ha- it didn't have to be that way. It was mishandling that, that led to it yeah. to be that way. The whole thing's been very, very seriously mishandled. I think it's also worth saying a little bit about um, about what this green and yellow means yes. in the in the withdrawal agreement. So, yes. I mean, the worrying part. The, the very worrying part for me is that the uh, the parts on citizens' rights were entirely in green. And that indicates that they'll only be reopened for technical technical reasons. And currently they are rights that are not uh, that are not guaranteed by this. I mean it, it certainly doesn't meet the promise that uh, EU citizens in the UK and UK citizens in the EU would have the exact same rights as before. I mean it's nowhere near No, it's extremely worrying for um, for, for 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 all of us, yeah. and there is, I mean, there is some progress. There's progress on cross border work. Um, so in that sense, you you know, uh, so in, under the under the proposals, the original draft proposals, you'd be effectively landlocked in the country you're in when when Brexit happens. So for us, this would be Belgium. Now, what this meant originally was that you wouldn't be able to to to, to go to the Netherlands or France or Luxembourg to take a job. Which means if you're a freelancer or self-employed, uh, you're in you're in you're in deep trouble. I mean, a lot of businesses owned by owned by UK nationals are, would would fail under those circumstances. Now that seems to be that seems to have been moved back from that you can the cross-border work will be okay, but we still have the situation where you only have a right to uh, a, an actual right to residence in the country that you're in when the clock stops, and. So this is this is really taking away uh, the right to freedom of movement. Now, people who moved to Belgium or people who moved to the Netherlands didn't 
didn't move to the Netherlands. They moved to the they moved to the EU as part of freedom. Of, they exercised their freedom of movement rights. So um, so this is a big problem. And you can imagine people in 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 small countries like Luxembourg. I mean, if you're if you're an inhabitant of Luxembourg, when the Brexit clock stops, you don't have a, you only have a right to live in Luxembourg and the UK. And Luxembourg is a tiny country with a, what, a population of 250, 250 or 300,000 people. I mean, it's smaller than Tyne and Weir. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like being, uh, it's like being trapped in Rutland. Yeah. So we're going, to be, we're going to be landlocked. And it means that if uh, a spouse gets a, gets a job in a different EU member state, mm. they'll have every right to go, but you won't, we won't necessarily have that right. Um, now, what they did is they took out the paragraph that, that forbade freedom of movement, paragraph 32. They removed this, but they haven't replaced it with anything. Mm. And freedom of movement has to be granted. It's not, it's not automatic. So, so there's still a real lack of clarity about mm. what this actually means, about whether, uh, whether it does mean freedom of movement or, or whether it only means cross, cross-border work. And, and this, is really, this is really very, 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 very important because... Um, yeah, it's the difference between the right to reside in the EU27 and the right to reside in in the yeah. EU27 EU country you happen to be in. Yeah, no, I mean, it is the difference between freedom of movement yeah. and lack of it. Um, well, the European Parliament's on the case, right? Yeah, but they've got... But the, but the, text, is, but the text is green. And well, yeah, but the text being green, it, it, it means it's been agreed between the negotiating teams. Negotiators, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, the deal has to be... Uh, has to be signed off by the European Parliament. The withdrawal agreement, if I'm, I'm yes, yep. it has to be signed off by the European yes, Parliament. Does, yep, yep. So they've got our back. Um, we need to, uh, and I'm saying we now as as uh, a, 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 a Brit, as a yeah. citizen who who could be affected by this. Oh, we didn't do our disclaimers this week. We're getting mm. we're getting lax. Anyway, insert disclaimer at the beginning. Um, we didn't even say who we were. Everybody knows by now, don't they? Do you know? How I can do that. Wow. Chris is speaking solely for, him, for, him, for himself here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where was I? And yeah. So um, as speaking as a citizen, there's a job to be done to keep pressure up on your MEPs um, who, uh, who have a, quite a serious amount of power when it comes to what the final um, deal is going to look like. Yeah. So, um, you know, all is not lost in that regard. And certainly um, there are key MEPs who've been making some very positive noises about yeah, this. Well, but, what a, but what a pathetic show by our own government. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. they really couldn't... I mean, honestly, they absolutely could not give a shit. By our own national government, Steve. Yes. By our European government, it's a different matter. Well, I, I don't know. I'm going to do a very rare thing here, and I, I'm going to say that I don't think the Commission's covered itself in glory in but this I'm either. not talking about the co- I'm talking about the government. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. We're doing federalism next week. I don't think there is a European government. <laughs> well, I disagree. But um, <laughs> there are different branches of government. And, and, yes. and on this, the legislature um, on the EU side... But they, think... don't, but they don't actually legislate. They just have a hard veto. I mean, it's, it's quite a... Well... Legislatures never. When they have, they don't have the right to. No, but they don't have the right to amendment. They don't have. I mean, they they just have a they just have a, a yes or no say by a simple majority. So, yeah. Um, and I, I definitely I definitely do feel a little bit let let down by the commission. The only way the way I can rationalise it is that, in my view, the freedom of movement was, uh, a gam was set up as a gambit, and the commission expected. The UK government to come in and say, no, of course we need freedom of movement for our citizens mm. in in the EU, and they expected to drop this in return for in return for something, um, and basically the UK government never came and asked for it because you because there 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 are no votes to be gained from them getting freedom of movement for us in the in the EU. Mm-hmm. I mean, what eighty percent of UK citizens in the EU have lost their vote by now anyway. Um, and the words freedom of movement are, are they think are are, are toxic so. Mm. So what was always a gambit, what was always going to be, was never meant to be in the final agreement, actually ended up very nearly in the final agreement. And now we have a situation where it's been removed, but we don't know, really know what, mm. what removing it means. So, so when you're listening to, the, when you're listening to the, uh, the, the, the Brexit ministers saying that it's a done deal on citizens' rights, in my view, it's very, 
very fucking far from a, yeah, a, a, it, a Dundee election. This is all about politics and um, doesn't get more political than this bit. And um, this is where it becomes really essential for people to influence politicians um, in any way that they can. And it, British politicians seem to be pretty much a lost cause, but European politicians aren't necessarily. Yeah. So um, what, what, what the Commission is doing here, uh, in my reading, is um, responding to in, uh, signals from its constituencies, in, its yeah, stakeholders. Absolutely. It's, it's, re, it's re responding to the um, di directive directions it's been given in the E27 working groups in, yep. in the council um, from member states. Um, but I don't think any. I don't. I don't believe any of the U twenty seven seriously wanted to limit freedom of movement. But I don't think it's um, a top priority. Um, I think. I think yeah. that this was. This was for the British to exactly. It was for the British to come and question, yeah. and then and then it would be yeah. dropped in return yeah. for something. Yeah. It was a gambit. So and you um, need you need gambits in a negotiation. Yeah. You have yeah. to have something to give up. You can't. Yeah. Everything can't be a red line. It doesn't. No. It doesn't work. The point is that they would expect any rational. Uh, responsible government mm. to look out for its own citizens and effectively they, they couldn't give a shit no, so. they're, they're, it's that's clear it's, yeah, yeah absolutely Which, um, so we so we have had to so we do have to rely on the ep and the commission to some extent yeah. and the u27 doing their job for them which yeah. is uh which is a shitty position to, yeah. for them to be in and for us yeah. and for us to be in i think so yeah um and I, and don't accept that it's a done deal and i think that goes for the whole for everything in green yeah. I mean, nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. If there's no agreement on Northern Ireland, there's no withdrawal agreement. Yeah. So it's very well to say this, you know, this section's done and this section's done and so on. They are done, but incredibly dependent on uh, on other aspects of the of, of the negotiation. And and ultimately, a bluff is not going to do. A bluff yeah. or a fudge is not going to do on this. Um, and I, I I suspect the UK government now now realizes that and is in is in preparations for it. I mean. Mm. But then there's then there's other aspects. I mean, we won't. I mean, we may be talking a later one about the about the future relationship. But there, there's aspects of the UK position that, well, as we talked about in the May the May speech with the three baskets. I mean, yeah. they're taking a position that they know is going to be they know is going to be rejected. And yeah. I mean, you have to question the wisdom yeah. and and also the motivation of of doing that. I mean, what are you hoping to achieve by doing that? You 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 yeah. appear to be simply trying to achieve someone else taking the blame for, yeah. for, it, for it going wrong. But it's not a done deal. The withdrawal agreement is not, is not done by any, by any means. So I think that's the, the lesson on, on citizens' rights as well as on, as well as on other aspects to, to, to remember. So should we do, um, should we do Lie of the Week? Yes, let's do Lie of the Week. Because we've got some crackers, I see. Oh. I don't believe you. Liar. Right. Lie of the week. Right. Um, Who have we got this week? Well, this is going to be a big <laughs> surprise to listeners that we've got two lies of the week, which uh, were the same lie, I think. It looks suspiciously coordinated. This is going to amaze you. Yeah. One, you, is, one is from some, gen, uh, some chap called Boris <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> And the other is from Michael Grove, is it? Michael, how do you, pr how do you pronounce Glo that? Michael Glove, it's a little small Weasley-looking fellow, with, looks like a twat. Um, the both got their preemptive strikes out against the um, Cambridge Analytica whistleblowing over the weekend. Um, Boris Johnson says the Observer Channel Four story is utterly ludicrous. Vote Leave one fair and square. Have you spotted the lies yet? Vote leave one fair and square and legally. Have you spotted the lies yet? We well, we won't, pronounce, we won't pronounce on legally, but fair and square we will. And we're not... Well, you've uh, got better lawyers than I've got then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making any allegations. I am saying that there is... Uh, it, it is an assertion. I'm not asserting that it was illegal. He's asserting that it was legal, and I think that he is not in a position to assert that it was legal. But but isn't this absolutely incredible? So this is going to be the subject of a, of a of an electoral commission investigation, possibly a criminal investigation, and we have a minister of the crown. Yeah, well, I haven't finished the lies yet. Oh, you haven't. Finished. He hasn't, this is all in a tweet. He managed to get 
Well, One, yeah, two, three, four, five, six lies in there. Well, four, five and a half. We are leaving the EU in a year. Not necessarily. Well, we'll see. And going global. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie, yeah. <laughs> we could not be going less global. <laughs> All right. Michael Gove on the and other And then hand. hashtag take back control, hashtag global Britain. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be you. I have to say, after the after agreeing to the vassal state status, I wouldn't be using take back control anymore. I would be trying to get people to forget that you'd used the hashtag. <laughs> you'd have to say anything back, about take, take back control. control. Yeah, I would just. I would. I would. That's topical, isn't it? I would nix that from the from the media messaging there. Now, Michael Gove. Let me turn to Michael Gove because Michael Gove is he's, turn on he's, Michael Gove. He's he's quite unlike um, Boris Johnson. Um, in many ways, and his his modus operandi is, is he's much more kind of like insidious. He, he sort of tries to sort of come across as all reasonable, but his 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 little tweet here is even more packed with lies <laughs> than Boris Johnson's. Here we go, it, right from the very first two words. I respect. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't respect at all. I, I respect the motives. No, you don't. And understand the feelings. No, you don't of those who voted to remain. No, you don't in the EU. But 17.4 million opted to leave <laughs> in a free and fair vote. Free and no. fair vote, yeah. And the result must be respected. No, it mustn't. I don't respect it. It's our job now to work to overcome division. Well, oh, you're going, to so over- over- you're going to overcome... It, yeah, it would be your job to overcome division, but you've done the sum total of fuck all to do that. In fact, your government has actively looked to take advantage of division and, and create deeper division, right right from the citizens of nowhere onwards. I mean, this free, this, this, this free and fair, I mean, I, not even, without even commenting on Cambridge Analytica, on the whistleblowing, on the potential overspends, on the collusion between, potential collusion between uh, between the between the campaigns and all this kind of all all this kind of stuff, which is going to be the subject of, of proper investigation, I very much hope. Um, in what way can you say it was fair? I mean, in what way? Where where did where did vote leave say? People of the northeast, you lose between six, eleven and sixteen percent of 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 GDP. Where did they say there would be an economic cost? Where did they say that we would be a vassal state for, 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 for two years? Where did they say that uh, we would have to give in on essentially every single point in negotiations? Where did they say that ultimately the EU would decide what relationship we had with them with, with them afterwards, not with, with, with them for the future relationship, not, not before? No, 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 where, did they, where did they say that all rights wouldn't be guaranteed? I mean, so yeah. the, I mean the rights the right will come back to because this is a, a second... A second a second lie of the week mm. that our friend, uh, our friend uh, Laura Shields, well, has done an absolutely say, well, wonderful you know, thread. Yeah, no, we're going to link to, the, to, to Laura's thread because it's absolutely terrific. And what she's done is she's gone into some really very detailed rebuttal of this lie that was told um, during the referendum campaign. That oh, don't worry, EU citizen, um, your rights as an EU citizen are not going to change. Because they're covered Brexit by the Vienna Convention. Because they're covered by the Vienna Convention. Which they're not. It's a lie. It's, there's a whole bunch of lies like that. Some, some, I, I have no doubt that some leavers repeated this lie in good faith, thinking it was the truth. Oh, well, can, some, I, can, somebody, I, can, I actually, can I actually put my hands up here and say, I thought that was true. Did you? I did. I did. Until, until two weeks after the referendum, I did actually, I did actually believe, that, believe that was true. So it, so it worked. Mug. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Pr- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Pr- I'm not proud of that. No. I mean, I, when people but are I told, when people true. are told by people in authority that something is the case, then they think it's the case. You oh. know, or at least that's how we used to. I'm not sure anybody does anymore, but no. It's like the old myth that um, people like Redwood used to go on about novation. Oh no no! Don't worry. All all um, all treaty all treaty rights, all all agreement rights uh, already a, a acquired uh, will will pass to us under the principle of no. I mean, it's just oh. none of it's true. No, no it's absolutely true. none of it's true. You know, it, some some I don't know. Some think tank specimen pulled this yeah, yeah, out of some orifice and 
everybody took it. Oh yeah, no, it's fad pulled it off the internet, and it became yeah. and it became it became uh, accepted accepted common yeah. knowledge. But I think this thing on the this thing on the fairness. I mean, this is really this is my live of the week. The others may turn out to be live, mm-hmm. but for somebody to have been to have been absolutely shown beyond doubt to have lied, mm-hmm. knowingly lied, mm-hmm. and to have looked down the camera at the mm-hmm. population and lied, to then talk about them being fair. Mm-hmm. Is really is really going too far. I mean, I tweeted a, yeah. I, I tweeted this quote from the uh, McCarthy hearings uh, when I missed that uh, the, that REM used in a in a song actually, which is uh, hey, "You've done enough. <laughs> have you no sense of decency, sir? After all, have you left no sense of decency?" Oh yeah, and this is really so. This yes, is this was, was directed the, at McCarthy, who um, was yes. who was doing a character assassination on a on yes. an alleged communist. Here. Yes, um, and it and the senator. I can't yes. remember who it was. I'll, I'll put it, but I'll put I'll put the clip in the in the REM song that's used. Yeah. It's used in an REM song called "Exhuming McCarthy." And that quote's always film, wasn't there? Yeah. What was the um, Ed Morrow? Yeah. yeah, the one on Ed Morrow was absolutely amazing. Was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It was really really tremendous. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, that was the that was what what came to mind with this. You know, yeah. okay, you can say we have to heal. You know, we have to heal divisions. It's a bit fucking rich coming from them. But, it's, it's but, all, but, all the, yeah. but all the same, they should, you know, it's true. They should try to heal heal divisions. You can say we're leaving the EU. That's it's his government. That's his government's mm. policy to be leaving the EU. You can say that he didn't act illegally. Although you do wonder why a cabinet minister feels the need to say that he hasn't mm. acted illegally on day one of revelations, which are obviously going to be the subject of an investigation. I mean, mm. which is now prejudiced, I think, by mm. by the fact that he's that he's that he's pronounced that. Mm. Um, but but to still claim that it was fair. Mm. To claim that we have to live with it, to claim that there's nothing we can do about it, even to get down back to the Yabu sucks you lost, you know, fair enough. That's that's factually correct. But to to to, to claim it's fair is utterly fucking extraordinary to me. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this is absolutely mm. absolutely extraordinary. I I once didn't want to go to school because I'd lied about something the day before, and I thought I was going to be. And I thought I was going to be found out when I was about seven, you know, and I can remember exactly what this feels like. And I, I, you, you've got to start concluding that these people are sociopaths who don't feel things. I don't like think that. they are. Yeah, I think I think that's. I mean, to call to, to to call it fair, I think is 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 an absolute is an absolute disgrace. Um, Steve, on that note, well, I think what's going to what's going to be interesting. We have to say something about Cambridge Analytica. I think what's going to be interesting about this. If you've got all these, all these wonderful quotes from all these tweets from Aaron Banks and so on, mm. saying that they used Cambridge Analytica and it was Cambridge Analytica <laughs> that won, that won it for like, them. What, what? No, nobody what? ever said never, that Cambridge never, Analytica were involved. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Nick's never heard of them. Mm. Um, so there's a there's a long way there's a long way to go on this. What what yeah. we have what we haven't got is we haven't got quite yet. We haven't got definitive. We haven't got anything definitive. But I think I, I think I think I think there's stuff coming. I think there's, and I think there's a lot more to come on this. Though. This feels to me. A bit like the um, I've now forgotten the name of the um, Leveson. Mm. It feels to me a bit like the storm around Leveson, where you thought, "Wow, they've been caught red-handed." Yeah, this is huge. This, they are. This is absolutely massive. There is. This is a. This is the moment that finally British press is going to be reformed. That we're finally going to get this sort of completely. Um, uh, irresponsible fourth estate back into some kind of balance with the rest of society and of course it didn't happen is that not what's happened i thought that happened did i miss that did, yeah, did yeah, i miss yeah. that not happening that didn't happen <laughs> that that did not happen and um i i'm i'm just a bit yeah i'm a bit cynical i i don't i don't know um it it, it may add further weight to the just deluge of negative evidence now surrounding Brexit and finally beat the straw that breaks the camel's back. But I, I, as we discussed last time, I, I, I have difficulty in seeing how that scenario unfolds. I think it adds to the... Uh, I think it adds for the... It adds huge weight to calls for the referendum referendum decision not to be final. I think that's what it adds to. I don't think you can... I don't think you can... Do, you, you, you can change the referendum result. I don't think you can declare it void. I just don't think that's. I don't think that's going to happen. You think it makes the possibility of a final say vote? You think it r- makes that somewhat more likely? I think it does because I think I think there's there's. 
you know, we've been saying we've been saying all along that you know that, that we didn't. It was impossible to know what was going to be mm. in the withdrawal agreement. It was impossible to know. It's still impossible to know what's going to be in the political declaration accompanying mm. it, which will give guidelines on the on the future relationship, if not a, if mm. not a firm agreement. That it's it. It was impossible to know these things when 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 there was a vote when the when the original referendum happened. Um, it's impossible for anyone to know these things. I'm not just saying, you know, I'm not saying that leave of Leavers were leavers were stupid in this respect. I mean, we didn't know what this would be. Mm. Experts didn't know. It. It's, it was impossible to predict with any accuracy. And we're going to know. So there's a chance to have a, a final say on the facts, not on hearsay. Mm. And I think revelations like this coming out, and the more that I'm sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure, are, are to come, also also mitigate mitigate in favour of this because it'll be. Um, There'll be the opportunity to have a say on on reality and on facts and on on the reality of the the situation that that there simply wasn't a chance to do. Mm. You know, I mean, like I say, I'm not I'm not saying that. Well, I I, I think that I think the levers were had by 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 rich people who deliberately set out to mm. to mislead them. Um, but anybody could have been misled by that. I mean, mm. I think people voted in good faith based on based on what respectable, apparently respectable people. Mm told them was going to happen or was likely to happen and 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 that's turned out you know none of that's turned out to be true and and to be honest anybody saying they knew what was going to happen was was Mm. fundamentally making some 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 guesses educated Mm. educated or otherwise so Mm. so i do think these revelations add to add to the add to the call for that and the opportunity to have a to to have a a first referendum on reality yeah but second referendum on reality the first one was in 1975 Yes, of course. Although Lever's claim that that wasn't on reality, that was just on a. Uh, there was another wonderful thread by uh, Steve Analyst. On, yes, it was terrific. Yeah, on this, on Busting all those myths. Um, Steve, should we should we uh, wrap it this week? I, now we're not going to do an ask Kate Court this week. Yep, I agree. I think what we would should, you say? I know I agree. I think we should leave it there. I think we should do an entire episode of ask. Cake watch at some point. Yes, I, I, that's, I think that's that w- the I think that would be really good. And we'll line people, and we'll tell people well in advance, and get people yeah. to think stuff up. And we'll really try and yeah, we don't need and too many more because we've already got quite a backlog. <laughs> no, no, but we'll really, we'll really yeah. try and really try and get get through get through them and yeah. and take some time and take some time to prepare for them as well. Oh God! Rather than doing them off the top of our head like we don't. Really? I mean, but yeah, but we're going to encourage people to think that we're experts, and you know, everybody hates experts. That's true. Everybody hates experts. Bad enough of them. I think on that. They've probably had enough of us, eh? (laughs) So thanks very much for uh, listening to episode 7 of uh, Cake Watch, and uh, hopefully we'll be back to uh, some sort of weekly schedule. Yeah, it's good to be back, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, and we'll try and make the next one funnier and less grim. (laughs) But it is quite grim and not very funny. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.